All right, back again for a Cash Medi podcast. Uh, going to do a little different today. We're going to go over some, as we're getting approaching the NFL and college football season, I'm going to go over some bets that I like for the season. I got a couple bets I like for week one of college football. Um, technically, it's week zero, which is just so stupid. Uh, starting on Saturday, then there's week one. I got some over-under bets I like in the NFL, and then I got one defensive Player of the year, I like his odds. Um, we'll go over that bet. All right, so let's start with the college football. It's the big game of the week one is Clemson and Georgia. I'm going to take Clemson minus three. I think Clemson is really loaded this year, especially on the defensive line. Uh, they had two freshmen last year, and Brian Breesey and Miles Murphy, who who started from like week one, and both of those guys now going into their sophomore seasons. I just expect both of those guys to be studs. I expect them. In the 2000, let's see, that would be 2023 draft. I expect them to be top 15 picks. Uh, Breesy last year had six and a half tackles for loss, a defensive tackle, and four sacks. Uh, Miles Murphy, like I said, another stud. Tyler Davis, another defensive tackle they got. He'll be a high draft pick probably this year, like a first or second rounder, probably second rounder. Um, they got K.J. Henry, another junior that's pretty good. I mean, they have a five-star, Xavier Thomas, that like now they're just going to use him as a situational pass rusher. I mean, that, that's how good their defensive line is. They have a five-star who's a situational pass rusher. Um, they got another good secondary. Andrew Booth will probably you know get drafted in the first or second round coming up in next year's draft. He's really good. You get Nolan Turner, their safety. It seems like he's been there for a while. He's pretty good. Offensively, yeah, they lose Trevor Lawrence, but they got DJ Ugalea. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. He's really good of a quarterback. I mean, big, physical. You know, he's already played like a big – he's already had the big test on the road. He played at Notre Dame. They lost, but they scored 40 points in that game. Um, I believe he threw for over 300 yards. Let's see what his numbers were. 914 yards last year. He had five touchdowns, zero interceptions, you know, in the few games that he played. Now, they lose Travis Etienne, the running back. But they got some other running backs in there that I'm sure they'll be fine. The receiver position, they're absolutely loaded. They get Justin Ross, who probably would have been a first-rounder in this last draft. But he got hurt, missed all of last season. He came back, which was kind of surprising that he came back. But... um you know, and then they just got a bunch of another five and four stars. I mean, Frank Latson on this book was a five star, I believe. He's a, <coughs> you know, the fourth receiver. EJ Williams is pretty good. Joseph Nagata. So they're going to score points again. Like, they're not going to take a dip just because Trevor Lawrence, you know, left. I mean, they scored 43 and a half points last year. And I think defensively, they're going to be better this year. They gave up 20 points a game last year, which was second in the ACC. They're 43 and a half points per game was first in the ACC. Um, so I think their their D-line will get after Georgia, and I think Daniels will make a few mistakes. So now let's go over to Georgia. Let's see what I don't – Georgia always seems like they're overrated. Like they get a bunch of four- and five-star recruits, which is fine. Like their roster is kind of nice still. Uh, let me go – no. I mean, I'll stick with Georgia. Uh, Georgia offensively is bringing seven starters back, but their main one of their main weapons is Darnell Washington, the five-star tight end. He's going into his sophomore season. He's most likely not going to play. He got injured. 
Um, so I think that's going to hurt. JT Daniels, like they finally, Georgia's opened it up and started throwing the ball. You know, Daniels had 1,200 yards last year, 10 touchdowns, two picks. I mean, that Stenson ben, Bennett guy was playing for a while. Uh, the running backs are stacked for Georgia. So, but I just think Clemson, like you're not going to be able to pound it against Clemson, especially with that front four. So Daniels is going to have to throw. And if Georgia gets down in this game, like 14-3 or two scores, I just, I don't feel like Georgia can really come back. Um, they got a couple offensive linemen coming back, three offensive linemen. The receivers aren't that good. I mean, Jermaine Burton's good, but they lose, you know, Pinkins. Pinkins was probably a first or second round receiver, and he got hurt. He He's supposed to maybe come back at the end of the year, but he's not going to play on in this game. One of their, one of their star, you know, strikers Tyreek Smith he was like a five-star he's not playing he's injured he's supposed to not play they only have three defensive four defensive uh, guys coming back well it's actually now it's three because Tyreek Smith's not going to play and their whole secondary they got four three of the four guys are new starters that you know so they lose they lose Tyreek Stevenson he transferred to Miami he was one of their corners they lose uh, Stokes, went to the NFL, first-rounder to Georgia. And then Tyson Campbell, a second-rounder, went to Jacksonville. So their secondary is just a bunch of young guys, you know, freshmen, that are going to play. And I just don't think they're battle-tested against, a you know, a quarterback. Yeah, he hasn't doesn't have that much experience in TJ, whatever his last name is, for Clemson. But with those receivers, and he's played enough games, it's not like it's his first game ever, he should be able to... You should be able to pick them apart. So I really like Clemson minus three in that game. I like to bet on teams that if they fall behind, you know, 14-3, 14-0, they can still come back and win. If you bet Georgia plus three and they fall behind 14-3, I mean, you're pretty much toast, dude, because they're just a running, running team. And yeah, I mean, T.J. Daniels can throw the ball now, but I don't feel like he has the weapons, especially now with... You know, the big tight end, Darnell Washington, most likely he's not going to play. And then they don't have Pinkins. They don't have the receivers that, you know, a Georgia or Clemson or Ohio State, kind of Oklahoma. They don't have that type of offense to really get them back. So I really like Clemson that game. I, actually, to be honest with you, I think Clemson might boat race them. I think Clemson might win by 17, 20 points in this game. That's how, that's how confident I feel in that one. So I'm going to take Clemson minus three in the week zero or week one uh, of the college football. Now, I'm also going to take Nevada plus three and a half at California. Now, I see there's plus three and a half and there's plus three. So shop around, try to get the three and a half. I see Circa went down to three, but my book right now has it at three and a half. Obviously, you want that hook with a plus. Um, California is bringing back eight offensive players. And Chase Garbers, their quarterback, is pretty good. And they have four offensive linemen coming back for California. So that's good for California. But they only have four defensive players coming back. And I just don't think Cal has the speed in the secondary to match up with Carson Strong, the quarterback for Nevada. Um, Nevada's bringing back 10 offensive players. And they scored 30 points a game last year. Well, actually, 30.8, almost 31 points a game. Carson Strong is going to be, you know, 
maybe a first or second round quarterback whenever he decides to come out for Nevada. I think he's going to have a big game, and I, you know, I, th- I, I think they're going to beat him. I think Nevada's going to upset California. It's at California. They got all their receivers coming back, and they got the main receiver coming back in Romeo, Romeo Dobbs, who had 58 catches and 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. This guy's going to be a, you know, a second or third round you know, draft pick. I mean, this guy is tall. He's a big play receiver. Um, California don't have players like strong in, in Dobbs and defensively for Nevada, they're bringing nine guys back on the defense. They, they have, uh, uh, two, two new starters in the secondary. They play five, five DBs, but I don't really think Cal's an offensive team that the only way I see Cal winning the game as if they control the line of scrimmage and run the football against Nevada. But again, if Nevada gets down 14 nothing, I feel like I still have a chance to come back and win that game and to cover. If Cal gets down 14 nothing, it's fucking – they're toast. They're toast. They just don't have that type of offense, don't have that type of team. And their coach is a defensive-minded coach. So I really like Nevada plus three and a half. I think a lot of people are actually going to be on that. So I think it'll get down to three. So if you you want to shop around and get Nevada plus three or three and a half now, if it gets to three, I, I mean I think Nevada's going to win. So you might want to even look at money line in that one. Um, that's what I would look at. All right, let's shift over to the NFL. I'm gonna bet. Let me get, get it set up. I'm gonna bet the under nine and a half on the Dolphins over under wins and the reason why i kind of like the under on the dolphins is i think they're they're a pretty good team and you gotta remember there's 17 games now um last year they let's see what did they do last year against new england they split against new england last year i think they're losing both games against new england this year i think new england's going to be a much better team so first you always look at the division i think buffalo's an elite team i think buffalo could be a top five team this year I think New England bounces back this year. New England's offensive line is really good. And now that they got, you know, I think Mac Jones eventually will be the quarterback. He might not be the quarterback week one. And the Dolphins do play week one against New England. But it's at New England. Usually the Dolphins have the, have the advantage in September if they play games at home because the weather is really hot and teams kind of kind of wear down, especially because you're, you're coming off a of camp and you're not really in the best of shape. Um, then they play Buffalo at home. So they have a chance, actually, I think, against Buffalo, maybe to upset them. But I think Buffalo will end up winning that game. So I think they're going to be 0-2. Then they got to travel at the Raiders. Um, let's see the rest of their schedule. What's their tough games? They got Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay. I mean, that's going to be a loss. They, they, a team like the Dolphins... The main reason why I don't like the Dolphins is the quarterback. I, I'm not a big believer in Tua. I think he's small. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. I just watched the preseason game. I was just going over the preseason game because uh, I, I, I was at work yesterday and, and guys on Twitter, oh, Tua's just, he's just so good and he's just throwing the ball and he just looks so great. And I'm watching it and it's all, it's all to the tight end and to the backs. There's nothing on the perimeter. There's nothing downfield. It's all bubble screens and, and check downs to the running backs. And that's what he did last year. And I just think he's an injury-prone quarterback. And if he gets hurt, they ain't got Fitzpatrick to save their ass this year. Fitzpatrick saved their ass last year in some games. 
Tua had like a good record or something. I don't know. I think he was like six and two or six and four or something last year. But like Tua, he threw for eighteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns, five picks. Um, Fitzpatrick threw for two thousand, so they almost threw for four thousand combined. Uh, Miles Gaskins, I think, is a pretty good running back. He's okay, and the reason why he's okay is a lit- he gets a little bit of a boost because of Tua, because it, you got to. On the read option, the defensive end has to stay at home. He can't crash down because Tua could just roll out, and, you know, he's mobile. But Tua is very small. He's injury-prone, doesn't throw the ball down the field. Um, you got let's, – let's look at their roster. They got good players and stuff. Like, Devontae Parker is a really good receiver, but he got hurt last year. Will Fuller is always hurt. He was their, you know – they got in free agency, and I understand what they're doing. They drafted Jalen Waddle. He's a stud. So what they're gonna, what I project they're doing is what um, Kansas City does. Is they got some burners that are gonna go deep, and then you could throw you know underneath stuff because the safety's got to play so far back. So you got two of the best receivers that go in deep, and Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller. The problem is Will Fuller's always hurt. Waddle's going to probably get hurt, you know. He's not big. He's 5'10", 180. So you can't count on him playing 17 games a, a year. And then Devontae Parker, you know, has, has gotten hurt in the past too. Now they got another good receiver in Preston Williams. And they got a good tight end in Mike Koseski. But the offensive line isn't that good, you know. I mean, Robert Hunt's okay and Austin Jackson's okay, but... It's not like the offensive line is that great, and it's not like they have a great running game in Miles Gaskin. Defensively, it just seems like they're a couple guys away. Like they need like that elite player. Christian Wilkins is pretty good inside. Let's see what they get from Jalen Phillips. But I watched him at Miami. He's he's a fantastic pass rusher, fantastic player. But he had concussion problems. He gets one concussion, and his season's probably going to be over. Um. The secondary last year, Byron Jones got just scorched. He'll probably bounce back. Xavier Howard's one of the best corners in the league. But I just I, I don't see, you know, where you're gonna get ten wins from this team. So you got a nine and eight, eight losses. I mean, at New the two against New England, two against Buffalo. At best they go one and three. You know, you got Ra- at Raiders is is a long travel. You just See, that's, that's, a, that's a game I got circled already. I think the Raiders, you know, probably cover the spread in that one because you're going to play, to start the season, you're playing two divisional games at New England, at Buffalo. You know, you're going to be ramped up for those games and then you got to travel all the way to the West Coast and play the Raiders. I just, that's going to be different or difficult for them. The Colts are pretty good as long as, you know, the quarterback position. They got at Tampa Bay. Jacksonville's improved. Atlanta looks like they're going to be halfway decent. At Buffalo, Houston's terrible. So Houston's like an automatic win. They got Baltimore on Thursday. At the Jets, Jets are, I mean, Zach Wilson's going to be a stud. I don't know if they got much else besides Zach Wilson, but he's going to be a stud. Then you got uh Carolina and the Giants I mean those are just you know I don't know they don't have too many automatic losses on their schedule 
But I just got a feeling that Tua, I'm kind of banking on Tua's not going to play 17 games, play more like 13 or 14, and you're going to end up with seven, eight wins on the season. So I'm taking the Dolphins under, under nine and a half. Um, The other under I am taking is the Detroit Lions under four and a half. Now, obviously, most of you guys know, anyone that listens to me knows that I am a Detroit Lions big-time fan. And the roster is just absolutely garbage. I think people are going to realize, like, after this season, they're going to be like, damn, maybe Stafford was a lot better than we thought. And Goff isn't as good as we thought. Goff is, to me, a bottom seven, bottom eight quarterback. I mean, there's some other guys that are either just as bad as him or, you know, it just all depends on what situations he's in. Well, he's in a terrible situation now. The offensive line should be pretty good for Detroit. You know, although Sewell looks really rusty, he doesn't look good in preseason. Uh, He looks good at run blocking. He looks terrible at pass blocking right now. So I think Sewell's going to take some time. And if he takes some time, like I can see him in the second half of the season being a much better offensive tackle because he's moving from left tackle to right tackle. And a lot of these offensive linemen say it's it's a huge transition. And if he struggles early in the season, Goff can't fucking move. And the problem with Detroit is they have no receivers, none. They got a really good tight end, TJ Hawkinson. They got no explosion on the re- on the receivers. So everyone's kind of going to play the run, which, yeah, they got a good O-line, and they got two good running backs in DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. So maybe they'll be able to run the ball. But their defense isn't good enough where they get down 14-3, and you got to abandon the run, which is going to happen a lot. Goff ain't bringing you back, especially because they don't have receivers. I mean, their best receiver is basically Tyrell Williams. I mean, that guy didn't even play last year. You know, he, when he was on the Chargers, he's always like the number three. You got Amon St. Brown, a rookie. I mean, he'll probably be pretty good, but he's just going to be a possession receiver. He's not going to scare any defense. Rashad Perriman always gets hurt. Quincy Cephas, he doesn't get any separation. And then Damian Rattler, I mean, Khalif Raymond uh, um, has looked good in preseason. But, I mean, that's just preseason. The offensive line, like I said, will probably be pretty good. You got Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, and Frank Ragnow are a really good left side, center to left. Um, Vitae, the right guard, he always gets hurt. Um, he's just okay. And then you'll see, I don't, I don't think Sewell's going to have a good rookie season. And that's kind of where it, it just put me over the edge. Watching Sewell and the rookie, I was like, oh, he's probably going to struggle. You know, he missed all last year. He's transitioning to the right side now. He looks, he just looks rusty. Now, I don't know, maybe, like I said, maybe later on in the season, he starts playing. But he's a rookie too, so I think he'll struggle. Defensively, their defensive line's actually going to be pretty good. Romeo Okoro had, um, let me see, I think he had 10 sacks last year. Yeah, he had 10 sacks last year. You got Michael Brockers. Michael Brockers can start on most teams. He's kind of like a Trey Flowers. I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit trades Trey Flowers because they got a lot of good young defensive linemen that, you know, it's kind of like we're not going to let one of them go. Like uh, Julio Nacoro was a third rounder. He's pretty good. But they had these other guys, this – Strong and um, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy. Um, 
Cornell that have looked really good in the preseason. I'm like, oh, those guys got to – you got to keep those guys. Um, so I think they might even look to trade a Trey Flowers. Uh, the linebackers are just – Jamie Collins is just okay. Uh, Derek Barnes, their middle linebacker, looks really good for a rookie. Tavai is terrible. I think he'll get cut. Alec Alonzo, I mean, he always gets hurt. So once he gets hurt, their linebackers are just terrible. They can't cover. They can't cover running backs. They can't cover tight ends. The secondary, I think Jeff Akuda is going to end up being pretty good and Tracy Walker. But they don't have, like, any shutdown corner. Um, and the schedule is just brutal for Detroit. Detroit wants a top five pick. They want, you know, the number one pick. Look at this schedule. I don't, I don't see any games where they're going to be favored or any hope of like, well, you know, this team might. The only way I think we would lose this bet and they get five or more wins is if Chicago and Minnesota just collapse this year. So that's four games against those teams. And those two, those two organizations, their GM and head coach, both of them, for both teams are on the verge, like it's make or break, that both of them can get fired or all four of them. So you look at Chicago, and you got Nagy and whoever their GM is. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, you got Justin Fields. Like they're probably going to start Dalton early in the season and then go to Fields. But the offensive line for Chicago is terrible, and I could see that it just you know collapsing and and them being a four or five win team or five six win team. So I could see Detroit, you know, beating Chicago once or twice. I could see that happening. I could see, you know, Detroit getting one win against Minnesota if they kind of qu- get into quit mode. So they play Minnesota in December, December 5th, and they get that one at home. I could see Detroit maybe winning that one too if Minnesota – like I feel like Minnesota and Chicago, they have to make the playoffs or at least Chicago has to have Justin Fields play well for Nagy – to come back and Zimmerman to come back. Like if Minnesota doesn't make the playoffs, I think Minnesota is going to go in a different direction and get a new head coach and new GM. If Chicago, they might not have to make the playoffs, but Justin Fields has to look good. So if it's a disaster season for them and they're, then I can see Detroit, you know, being able to maybe split in those four games against those guys, but that'd be two wins. But look at this schedule. They play San Francisco week one, they're going to get slammed at Green Bay. That's a loss. They get Baltimore at home. That's a loss. At Chicago early in the season where Chicago is going to, you know, not think their season's over and everything. That's probably a loss. At Minnesota, you know, they get Cincinnati at home. That's the first game where you're like, okay, they have a shot. At the LA Rams, they ain't winning that one. They get Philadelphia at home. Philadelphia is kind of garbage. They have to have a shot there. So that's two Two games that I would say they have a shot. At Pittsburgh, no chance. At Cleveland, no chance. Gets Chicago at home, that's three. Minnesota at home, that'd be four chances. At Denver's a loss. Arizona at home, that's five chances. At Atlanta, at Seattle, and Green Bay at home. So they would have six chances because Green Bay at home, maybe Green Bay doesn't need to play that game. So they would have six games that I would, I'm being lenient on that they would have a chance, in my opinion. If they go three and three in those games, you get you get your under. I don't see them really, really. I don't. I see this team winning like two or three games, and the only reason why I think they're going to win a couple games is because they're going to play hard for the coach, and that's their only chance. 
is playing hard because they don't have the talent at all. They got some pretty good O-linemen and some pretty good D-linemen, but they need another they need a, an elite defensive player on the D-line to get some sacks or or you know, elite corner something. And then, you know, I just the coaching staff doesn't look I don't know. Dan Campbell, who knows? I mean, yeah, he's going to be there. He signed a six-year deal. He ain't getting fired after one year, even if they go 0-17. But I, I got under on them. Um, those two, I've, I've already placed my bets. This Packers, I got over 10 or 10 and a half. I got to shop around because mine is 10 and a half. I'm looking to see if I can find a 10. If I can find a 10, I'm probably going to place it. Um I think the divisions, the six games, you know, Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, I think they go five and one minimum. Uh, the schedule, you know, New Orleans is not going to be as good as they've been in the past. So at New Orleans week one, I don't think that's that going to be that tough a game. I don't know why the Packers over under is so low. The only thing I can think of is the schedule's tough. Like at San Francisco is a tough game. Um, at Kansas City, at Baltimore. So those are three, you know, really tough games. But the rest, you know, they, I mean, they, they play the NFC West. So you get Seattle, the Rams, Arizona, and San Francisco. That's pretty tough. But you get the NFC or the AFC North. You get Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. That's also pretty tough. The only easy one is Cincinnati. But the division, I just think they could easily go 6-0 and in the division. Um, I think Rodgers, like everyone thinks like Rodgers is so upset at Green Bay that he's not going to play well. And I just, I don't know. Matt LaFleur, a lot of people like gambling people don't think he's that good of a coach. He's 26-6, and man. I mean, I don't think he's that great of a coach either, but they went in the regular season. I love their system. They got really good players. I mean... Rodgers keeps complaining about the roster and stuff. I mean, they got a top five roster. Now, David Bakhtari, the offensive line is kind of getting shuffled around right now because Bakhtari might not be there, and I'm kind of waiting on that one. So if Bakhtari comes back and is going to be there in week one, then I'm probably going to place this bet. I haven't placed it yet, but I'm I'm leaning enough to bring it on a podcast. You got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, your running backs, so they got two really good running backs. Devontae Adams is a top five receiver. The tight end, Robert Towen's a really good tight end. You got one of the best offensive lines. Alan Lazard is kind of developing into a pretty good receiver. Scantling's always kind of dropping passes. He kind of sucks. The defensive line, Kenny Clark's pretty good. You know, I mean, they're just okay defensively. Their secondary is getting better. Jahir Alexander's one of the better corners in the league. Eric Stokes looks really good in the preseason. That'll, you know, I, I assume he's going to start over Kevin King. Darnell Savage is pretty good safety. I mean, talent-wise, I just, you know, they went 13-3 and three last year. You get an extra game. Are they losing? Are they really going 10-7 and seven this year? I mean, if you get 10 and a half, I mean, all they have to do is go 11-6. and six. I mean, they have a first-place schedule, so they play, you know, New Orleans. But I don't think New Orleans is, you know, going to be legit this year. They're kind of on a down. And who else do they play as a first place? Oh, Kansas City. So they'll probably lose that one, yeah. But like I said, I like their division going 5-1 and one or 6-1. and one. And then the other thing that I like, let me see if I can find it, is I like 
I liked uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to put – I already, already did. I got Chase Young at 16-1 to 1 and for Defensive Player of the Year. Let's see if I can find the team. All right, so the Washington Redskins, I think, have one of the best front sevens in, D, in all of football. You got Chase Young, first-rounder, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. All four of those guys are first-rounders. And then they got Jamin Davis, who I'm going to look for odds on him for defensive uh, rookie of the year. Because you think about Davis, he's a linebacker, middle linebacker. And you think of the coach that they got in Rivera. He was a linebacker. And his linebackers, you know, guy at Carolina, I'm drawing a blank, the white guy, um, was always, you know, having huge numbers. I think he even got rookie or defensive player of the year one year. I'm drawing a blank on him. The, The middle linebacker, the white guy. Um, you know, they had John Beeson. I don't know if Rivera was there when Beeson was there and Dan Morgan. I don't think he was, but so at 16 to one, I'm going to take Chase Young. Let's see how many sacks he had last year. He had seven and a half sacks last year. I definitely can see him, you know, putting 15 sacks this year. I think he's going to be one of the top five defensive players in the league. I mean, you watch him in the preseason, and he just smoked a couple plays. Like, he only was in one drive and just, you know, number two pick in the draft. I, I could just see a breakout season from him, and he leads the league in sacks. I could see Washington winning their division, you know, and you don't really have to win the division, but it will help. And then if he puts up 15-plus sacks, he's going to be up there for defensive player of the year. So that's all I got. Hopefully – we could do a couple of these like as the season goes on. That's all I got for any of you that like to gamble on football. All right, then.